the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Keep up the forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill. That was a little bit of the French National Anthem as we approach uh, July 14th, which, as you all know, is Bastille Day. It's their July 4th. It's the day that the uh, citizenry stormed the Bastille, which was a, uh, an old uh, castle that had been turned into a prison and uh, had been used for holding political prisoners without uh, habeas corpus, suspended writs of habeas corpus. The king could just lock you up. And so they stormed the Bastille and got into it with the guards and the and the gendarmes there. And I guess there were six or seven prisoners. It wasn't a big deal. And uh, the I think the commander of, of, of the uh, jail uh, actually brokered a, a, a peace with a truce with the rioters. But then somehow somebody fired a shot and it turned back into a battle. I think a few hundred people were killed, but I'm not sure about that. So that was the beginning of the uh, the French Revolution in 1789, July 14th. That's the date that they celebrate their independence uh, from the monarchy and the and the modern democracy that they are today. So, Ken, I want you to break out the fireworks for that. <laughs> they do a good job with the fireworks there on the Bastille Day. I will give them credit for that. Oh yeah, they do a good job, and uh, <clears throat> I guess they're very proud of of their their accomplishments. At that time, they actually still had uh, uh, feudalism. It was legal. I'm not sure that anybody was practicing it, but maybe out in the country. But uh, they outlawed feudalism, and they brought in the the Declaration of the Rights of Man and and started a whole bunch of other things. And it actually tore the United States apart uh, politically. Uh, that's when one of the big things that Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton split over. So then you have the Federalist and the Democratic Republicans. The Democratic Republicans, led by Thomas Jefferson, wanted to support the French Revolution and wanted to actually go to war against Great Britain um, to help the French out. And uh, Hamilton and the Federalists said, no, are you crazy? This is going to end in chaos. Sure enough, they had a reign of terror from, what, 1790 to 94, and uh, thousands of people lost their head. Foreigners were locked up. Americans were locked up. Uh, um, then 1794, when they got rid of the triumvirate of... Uh, uh, who Moreau and Robespierre and I forget who else the other one was. And then it still smoldered on until 1799, and then you know what happened then. What happened in 99? In 99, Napoleon took over. He said, oh, oh Napoleon. A, oh, sure. Yeah, he, he, was, he was fighting wars for the, for the French government, and um, he kind of got like Caesar and decided, you know what? I think this time when I come home, I'm just going to take over. I'm tired of dealing with these guys. I'll do it myself. And he did. But uh, it turned into basically a world war, and we were able to stay out of it. 
However, we did have the Quasi War in the Caribbean against the French uh, because they were pirating our ships. And of course, the British were, were uh, taking our sailors, our merchant marines, and forcing them to be sailors in the British Navy. So there was some shenanigans on both sides. But Hamilton rightly predicted that the French Revolution would end with a new Caesar uh, taking control. And that's essentially what, what happened. That's what uh, um, that's what Napoleon did. He took over and became a dictator, <clears throat> and he crowned himself dictator. Did you know that? That I knew. I know. He just said, I'm dictator, and you don't like it, tough. Well, and he, he had the ceremony, and there's a big painting in the Louvre, which uh, <laughs> Myung and I were there, and, and uh, uh, there's a whole crowd sitting there, and it's a huge painting. You know, it takes up, it's maybe eight, ten feet long, and five feet, six feet tall. So it's a big painting. And so uh, uh, it's uh, that's when Napoleon took the crown out of the archbishop's hands and put it on his own head. He crowned himself. So I had, uh, we had just gone to, I think we took Zeke to uh, McDonald's. And so we had one of those little, or Burger King, we had one of those little crowns, you know. <laughs> and so I took it and I ran over to the painting and I'm like, young Jew, get my picture. And she's screaming, no, you can't. This is a museum. And so she comes running over and she reaches up for it. And just then I had my hands over my head with the crown. And it was just a mirror image uh, <laughs> of the archbishop of the cardinal <laughs> reaching for the crown or, or Napoleon or giving the crown to Napoleon. And the crowd, they just clapped. Everybody was laughing and having a great time watching us and our shenanigans. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> And I, somewhere we still have that picture. I don't know. There's so many pictures floating around. I don't even know where they go. We take all these pictures. Do you look at any of your pictures? Ever? My wife is a scrapper. She puts these scrapbooks together of all our vacations. And do you look at them? Occasionally. I'll pull one out and look at them. Not often. Oh. All right. <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that. I don't watch the home videos either that I take. But I take them. At least I did when the kids were growing up. Yeah. Well, oh, by the way, I'm Dr. Bill. If you're just joining the show, <clears throat> we've got a lot of things to talk about this morning. We've started off with the uh, French Revolution and, and its effect on the United States. And, you know, Washington had to had to kind of be daddy between uh, Hamilton and uh, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson was Secretary of State and Hamilton was Secretary of the Treasury, both strong personalities. And Washington tried to broker a peace between them. And uh, finally, he agreed with Hamilton. He on almost everything. And he told Washington, uh, he told Jefferson that he said, you know, I respect your opinion, but I don't agree with you. I agree with Hamilton. <laughs> and so Hamilton, well, I think, sitting over in the corner. <laughs> well, after they came, after they came over and helped us in uh, 76, you think we would have been there to help them in their revolution. It seems like it was a revolution without a plan though. There was no, there was no way there was, there was, there was no, um, uh, nobody ready to take charge. Well, there were, but, the, you know, there were despots, and it ended up with one despotic uh, group um, and then a quasi-democracy and then another despot, which was Napoleon. Uh, but, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't grow out of the same type of democracy that we did. I mean, they, they uh, were uh, uh, a constitutional monarchy that evolved, uh, and we were actually uh, pretty much homegrown. I mean— we had a constitutional monarchy, but if you were, you know, two months, three months away, uh, even a month on a fast sail uh, from England, and you had been isolated from England for, what, 200 years, 
I mean, you kind of developed on your own. So yeah. we didn't have a monarch per se in the United States. We we did look up to King George as the CEO, the the president, but uh, Parliament was also there and had put a lot of checks on on the monarchy and and and. Uh, Great Britain over the centuries, they had really pared down the monarchs' uh, powers and abilities, and because the monarchs tended to want to go fight wars and spend all the money that, that the country had and tax everybody, and Parliament said, "No, no, 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 you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta deal with us first. We'll decide if you get the money." So what so happened? Did, uh, King Louis, did they take his head off? What did they do with those guys? Um, they did. They chopped yeah. uh, Louis the Seventeenth and. Uh, Marie Antoinette's heads off. Well, uh, let them eat cake. So, yeah, and uh, I, I forget the woman's name who would sit there knitting while they chopped the heads off, <laughs> mumbling, "Get in, get in, <laughs> another, <laughs> give us another." That's we need right. And they they all gathered for that. I mean, that's uh, any time when somebody's going to lose their head, they had a big crowd out there in the. Well, listen, if we still had public hangings, you'd have to buy a ticket here. But Oh, they'd know, be televised. Oh, yeah, the weenies and, and the, and the uh, you know, the women, they don't want any public hangings. They don't even want any executions, but uh, they're kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, back in the West when they had a hanging, they shut the, all the shops down. They shut everything down. They yeah. were selling, uh, you know, popcorn or whatever was popular and beer and uh, – sassafras and uh you know you could even get little uh you probably get little mementos like little toy uh, get, uh scaffolds uh gallows that sure. you could buy for your kid daddy i want one of those and then he could hang a lizard or whatever <laughs> put a sign in the front door you know be back at three go on to the hanging so yeah. it, why not yeah it was just a regular thing well yeah i mean Come on, what do we do? We watch football and boxing and, and just a little bit watered down, but still there's some violence there. And uh, people uh, people like that stuff. Yeah. Of course, we have these eternal debates. Is boxing too, too, uh, too physical? Is it too violent? Is this teaching our kids the wrong thing? And, and we go through this about every 10 years. We have these spasms of people trying to outlaw boxing and, it never works, but uh, they keep trying, and you know they try to outlaw porno, and they try to outlaw all these things that human beings are, uh, at least some human beings are not going to give up. Uh, well, look at age. prohibition. I mean, that was a class, classic disaster. I know. Did you ever see the pictures of the bars the, the night before prohibition came in uh, as official law? I mean, they were packed. I mean, from door to bar to window. Uh, you, you couldn't move in the bars. There were so many people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably buying as many bottles as they can to stash them in the basement. Heck yeah, yeah. they're not stupid. So that was the French Revolution, and uh, the, the pro-French sentiment in the United States eventually died out once uh, Napoleon took over. But uh, like we talked about last week, uh, Jefferson was in the catbird seat in the right timing, and so he got the Louisiana Purchase, which... Uh, was a good thing, yeah. You know. Oh, it was a great deal for us, yeah. Deal for us, great deal. We didn't even have to fight. That's right. Just send them I mean, a check. We had, yeah, we had to fight Mexico to get another big chunk, and threaten to fight the British to get uh, Washington and Oregon away from them. I wonder that, if they, that I didn't know. We actually threatened Britain for Washington and Oregon. 
Yeah, the, because there was a debate over where the, the border was between Canada and the United States once you got past the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. uh, that was 54-40 or fight. And so we finally settled the, the dispute by drawing a straight line out. And I forget if it was the 40th parallel or what, 54th, 40th. At any rate, we uh, we got that from the British because they decided hey, these Americans are not worth going to war over. Especially on the West Coast. <laughs> that was a long trek for them. Yeah, it was a long trek. And, uh, of course, they had Canada to go through. So, And we had already you know, whipped them twice, so. They were uh, they were like, eh, we make more money off the Americans by trading with them than by fighting with them. So I think they were smart, too. Yeah, it they, rains all the time there anyway, so. Yeah, it's wet and nasty, and, yeah. and now it's hot. It's well, yeah, this year. Yeah, this year, so apparently it's not a good place to be. Although Seattle is a beautiful city. Vancouver's a beautiful city. I don't know. Maybe we ought to take B.C. next. I like <laughs> A lot of mountains and and uh, wide open spaces, and it goes all the way up to the Yukon, so you're right up near Alaska. And that's where all and, the gold is now. So yeah, that's where the gold is, yeah. baby. So go up there and get gold, uranium. There's probably lithium and uh, rare earth metals and all kinds of things up there. So let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, I wonder if Biden could ask our ambassador in London to <laughs> talk with Johnson and see if we can. <laughs> Kind of deal. Take everything up to the Yukon. Okay. Let's take it all. A lot of people in BC, I think, would be happier being part of the United States, except for their 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 free medicine. Well, like I say, so, they'll finally get in to see a doctor. They won't have to wait six years. Yeah, they won't have to wait, but they'll have to pay. They won't like yeah. that, though. Yeah. Sorry about your tough luck, guys. But their taxes will go down. I would imagine they're taxed pretty good up there. Oh, they tax the crap out of those oh. poor. Oh my gosh! I mean, they're paying sixty to seventy percent of their income in taxes. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, I can't. I, I can't imagine what that must be like. Well, what was that movie with? Uh, I think one of the original Van Helsing movies when he was when he time traveled into the twenty first century and they were chasing uh, a witch or a vampire and and uh, <clears throat> there was something advertised for you know a buck ninety five and and he went into the grocery store with her, and she bought it. And then there was another seven or eight percent tax. And he said, "I thought it was a dollar ninety-five. And she said, "Well, you had got to pay tax." He said, "We revolted over one percent tax because <laughs> <laughs> you know he was in the colonial era." <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah, now eight percent is standard. Oh my gosh. And in, in certain provinces in Canada, it's 15%. Oh, my goodness. 15% sales tax, value-added tax. The Cretans <laughs> did it right, though. They just put a flat 20% on everything at the wholesale level, so most people don't even know they're paying tax. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's just the price of the uh, – yeah, that's not a bad way to do it, I guess. And that's their national health care, yeah. so that, that way they can have their Medicaid for the poor folk. And uh, they've got doctors on every damn street corner. They got a lot of doctors over there in Korea. Really, I didn't know that. Speaking of doctoring, we had uh, we had a situation. I had a patient who I'd been looking after for years at uh, what was what used to be Jack Aranda Nursing Home, which is uh, uh, it's it's kind of like an old time uh, Bellevue psychiatric nursing home uh, where all these demented, uh, psychotic, violent 
patients would be housed. They'd, they'd come from all over the country back in the heyday. And we'd even get uh, patients from uh, the Florida State prisons, you know, murderers, rapists, uh, child molesters who were old and, and demented and no longer uh, taken care of adequately by the health care system within the prisons. And so they'd, they'd uh, cut a deal and bring them down to us here. And so I had one guy who has been or had been, he, he died uh, deaf, mute and blind from birth or early childhood. And of course, um, you know, it wasn't like Helen Keller. He didn't have somebody to um, train him. And so he was also, I'm sure, retarded, although you, you couldn't really interact with him. So at any rate, he kept uh, aspirating, sucking food down into his airway as he got more demented and getting pneumonias. And finally, he ended up in the hospital this last time. And uh, we had to intubate him. We got him off the uh, ventilator and got his lungs cleared up a little bit, put him back out on the floor, and he must have aspirated again because he, he arrested it. His heart stopped, and he stopped breathing. And there was no DNR, do not resuscitate order, on the chart. So because I guess um, he had represented uh, something to somebody somewhere, and they wanted to keep him alive. I don't know if it was financial or what, because certainly he was getting a disability check. And so at any rate, he he arrested and we put him in the unit. He was intubated, and he had had a pretty significant uh, uh, episode of no no oxygen to his brain. So he had you know anoxic no oxygen brain injury, and uh, the guardian uh, he had a guardian appointed. And this is a court appointed person. There are people that are professional guardians. You probably didn't know that, Ken, but there are people that they make their living doing this, lawyers, social workers. And so they will become a professional guardian and they get paid a certain amount each year to oversee everything for the for their their ward, their, the person they're taking care of. And you can't do anything major without a court uh, approval. So we said to the guardian, we said, look, it's hopeless. We need to take this guy off the vent and, and, and you know, let him go on to the happy hunting ground. And uh, he had to go to court and talk to the special uh, magistrate and uh, get an okay to sign a do not resuscitate and to extubate the patient so so that uh, we could we could uh, you know end the the misery there. I mean, there's really no reason to keep somebody on a ventilator if they're brain dead. It just you know it doesn't make any sense, and it's not euthanasia. It's not active euthanasia. I mean, you're just letting nature take its course. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but it's fascinating to see the way the legal system works and the guardianship works. And uh, so you're basically a surrogate uh, uh, for a patient or a person. And uh, a lot of people have to do this. I mean, we do it informally when we have uh, for health care, when we have uh, living wills and durable powers of attorney, which I'm sure you know about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure your wife has those all on you already. And uh, I would not give her the pistol. <laughs> 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 and make sure I gave it a pistol. I just hid the ammo. That's all. Yeah, well, hide the ammo and hide the rat poisoning. <laughs> and no antifreeze in the house. Keep please. the arsenic out. That's right. Exactly. Antifreeze seems to be a, a a real go-to choice for women who want to get rid of their men. I don't know why they think that that's uh, such a great thing. Boy, what a horrible way to go. Does it leave no trace in the bloodstream or something? I can't imagine why they would prefer that. 
Well, I think in the old days it did, but now yeah. we can track that down in a skinny, in a, in a you know, in a skinny minute. Mm-hmm. So that that is traceable easily, easily traceable, and and it's quite a, it, it's it's a horrible way to go. I mean, it's just terrible. You know, you're nauseous and sick and uh, all kinds of aches and pains. Ugh. So well, let's not give hey, her any ideas. So no, don't give her any ideas. Does she listen to the show? Uh, yes, she does. As a matter of fact, on occasion, not sure if she's up this morning, but she might be out there. What's your wife's first name? Deborah. All right, Deborah, if you're listening, here's how you do it, baby. <laughs> Prepare a cocktail for your man when he gets home. <laughs> this is straight from Doctor Bill, your your poison expert. <laughs> no, she would never do such a thing. I know she loves you, and you're she a good does. Guy, and so. I love her, and we're a great couple. I, you know, I hate you because everybody loves you. 26 years. They said it would never last. <laughs> yeah, my, my marriage is 21 years, and uh, I think there were a lot of uh, people scratching their heads. Oh, there were people taking bets on us. Oh, yeah. For well, how long this would last, you know. Well, I would have gotten in that pool, absolutely. <laughs> but I wasn't around then. Well, they didn't think I was much of the Marian kind. And before I met my wife, they were right. So, a yeah, good woman can change you, turn you all right around. Yeah, uh, uh, the right spouse, and uh, you're done for, dude. That's, That's right. all. Yeah. You might as well just hand her the keys and let her lock the door and <laughs> get it over with. On our first date, I knew I was in terrible trouble because I was going to fall in love with this woman, and sure enough. Help <laughs> me think I'm falling <laughs> in love again. <laughs> oh, forgot who did that song, but I'll work on it. So uh, here's the thing now, uh, now that we're on medicine, now the, uh, the Pfizer uh, gang, you know, they want to uh, petition Pfizer and BioNTech, which is the German partner. They want to petition the FDA to uh, uh, allow them to offer a third dose of the vaccine because they say that they've got some studies going on in Israel and apparently people are dropping their antibody levels to 65% of what they consider to be uh, adequate to prevent uh, infections. Now, this doesn't mean that if you do get the infection, you're going to get sick and die. It just means that uh, you have an increased chance of contracting the disease, uh, the the COVID, but uh, you're not going to get that sick. You're not going to end up in the hospital. You'll basically get a third dose a third shot if you get a, a case, a mild case of the of the COVID if you've had two doses already. And, the, of course, the FDA, they're like, hold on, not so fast now. Let's slow down here and take a look at this. And so apparently there's going to be some studies coming out of Israel uh, within the next uh, few weeks to try to convince the FDA that this is a good option. So Would this be a, year, a yearly booster shot? Well, I think they're saying six to eight months out, your levels drop, and so you might need a your levels of antibodies drop, and you might need a booster, because we don't know. We know that the vaccine works against the Delta variant, uh, but we don't know uh, how long the antibody levels or how high they have to be in order to uh, really be effective against the Delta uh, virus. Now, I don't know uh, how much science is behind this. I mean, some of this is speculative and perhaps being proactive, but we'll see what happens. 
but I think it's a good thing that we open this discussion up because we are going to probably have to introduce the public to uh, annual uh, COVID vaccines, just like the flu vaccine, uh, because there's going to be variations. And, uh, you know, uh, Pfizer and, and BioNTech are working on uh, uh, more vaccines for variants. So they're, they're looking at this, this virus and watching how it's uh, evolving, how it's uh, mutating. And uh, at some point, we're probably going to have to have a, another vaccine. So we'll, we'll have to learn how to uh, make a new vaccine every year, just like we do with the flu. With the flu, we guess at what it's going to be. And I don't know if that will be the, the, the paradigm here, uh, but that, that may very well turn out to be the paradigm that we'll have to guess at what the next strain of the COVID is going to be and uh, come up with a vaccine every year for that. Would that be part of the regular flu shot then, or would it be a separate flu shot? It's tough enough to get people to go in for one flu shot in the winter. I don't see why you can't uh, do them at the same time. Just stick them in the same. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, as long as the uh, diluent, as long as the solution you put it in and the preservatives uh, don't uh, cause one or the other to not work. But, I mean, you could get the shot at the same time. You go in and you get one in one arm and one in the other. And we do that with kids now. We used to think, oh, you know, you got to wait six weeks after you give the measles, mumps, and rubella. And now we're, eh, ah, just give them, you know, give them 10 at once and get it over with. And it doesn't seem to affect uh, adversely. I mean, you know, the little Tylenol and they're okay. You know, give them a bottle and tell them to shut up and go to bed. <laughs> No, that's great Great to hear because, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to get the kids to the doctor sometimes. I know. and uh, With two I, parents I, working and all that? Yeah, this, but th- what's really bothering me about all this is this big debate that, uh, that society should not have the right to tell people they have to be vaccinated. Well, you know what? We tell the, the society tells parents you can't send your kids to school. Uh, the schools won't let you in unless you're vaccinated adequately. Did you know that? I knew I knew that. Absolutely. I put kids through school. I was very familiar with that. And, uh, and in fact, I, I think, remember rushing to a doctor like the day before school or something to get a shot for somebody somewhere along the line. And and uh, and, and the courts have said if, if you're a business and you want your people to be vaccinated, they have to be vaccinated or you, you have the right to fire them. So tell me, uh, isn't that just the back door into it? I mean, I'm pretty conservative, but when it comes to public health, I'm a little different because I see it from a different viewpoint. You know, I grew up with an allergist immunologist, and uh, I think that there's a place for societal vaccinations and uh, societal health. You know, we used to have to report all kinds of diseases, you know, syphilis and and, uh, uh, HIV and all that. I think we still do, but, you know, I don't see much of that, and my patients are, you know, 110 and up. They're not active and the syphilis has already damaged their brain if they do have it so it doesn't matter anyway but uh it's it's uh you know it's it i think public health is still a big deal and we have to and and this pandemic proves that you know it's another example of why we have to have public health but of course we need public health officials that are uh forthright and honest and not not idiots like fauci He's a sneaky thing, isn't he? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we ponder that, let's get a cup of coffee. What do you think? 
All right. And when we come back, we'll talk about how the Europeans are turning against China. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, Kaylee McEnany and the parents who are suing uh, the Catholic school over in Tampa, Florida, because they say they're going woke. Okay. All right. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. We'll be right back. Love you guys. Hang in there. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Top health officials are relaxing COVID-19 guidelines for the nation's schools. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced that vaccinated teachers and students don't need to wear masks inside school buildings. However, there's no guidance on how teachers can know which students are vaccinated or how parents will know which teachers are immunized. The CDC also said schools should continue to space kids and their desks three feet apart in classrooms. Greg Clugston, the White House. An Israeli search and rescue team that arrived in South Florida shortly after the Champlain Towers South collapsed last month is heading home now after an emotional send-off in Surfside. The team planning to leave Florida sometime today during a brief Saturday night ceremony. The mayor thanked the battalion for their unrelenting dedication. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Tired of your life being canceled? Concert tickets canceled? Family gatherings canceled? 2020 canceled? You know what you can't cancel? Those who sweat determination. Those who breathe conviction. At National Aviation Academy, you can learn to work on and maintain aircraft in as little as 14 months. Call 800-659-2080 or visit wingmenwanted.com. Classes are not being canceled today. Visit wingmenwanted.com. For more information about our statistics, visit naa.edu slash consumer dash information. 
Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Periods of clouds and sunshine for today with a thunderstorm in the afternoon and a high of 89. Partly cloudy tonight with a low 76. Tomorrow, clouds and sunshine with widely separated afternoon thunderstorms and a high of 92. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. By the way, if you're watching streaming uh, video of the show on one of the uh, on one of the channels on FaceTube or Facebook or YouTube or or linked or whatever, or my channel, uh, drbillradiomd.com, you'll see in the background the Bastille. And we were talking about the French Revolution, and, of course, July 14th is Bastille Day. So that's what you're looking at if you're wondering what that picture is behind me today. That is the Bastille. Uh, We just talked about the COVID uh, vaccine maybe needing a third dose or an annual dose. I wouldn't be surprised if if we had that uh, become a, a, a yearly thing, Ken. I, I think that's going to happen. Some parts of the country still having problems with getting people in to get the first dose. Well, you know what? Um, I think that the, the that those who don't do it are not thinking. Uh, they're emoting, uh, and uh, th- that is always a bad thing. First, you got to use your brain. Yeah, like I tell people when I argue with them about conservatives and liberals, and oh, I hate Trump, and you know, I'm like, hey. That's an emotional reaction to an intellectual problem. And, you know, this isn't about Trump. It's about the policies. Uh, say, what's bigger, your brain or your heart? Which organ do you think is bigger? Oh, again? the brain. Yeah, it's about three times the size and weight of the heart. And uh, so use the organ that, that uh, has more stuff in it and does more, too. I mean, it's obviously you can't live without your heart, but the brain won't work. If the heart's not pumping, I know a but, couple of people not working without a brain, though. Yeah, and <laughs> we, I mean, we just took the poor guy off the vent. He didn't have a brain; his heart was fine. Well, that's you know, that's different. These people are walking around fine. Oh, they're oh zombies. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Did you hear about this uh, this uh, teacher in Virginia that? Uh, was suspended for saying some things that the school board didn't like. And during the meeting, he said, 
they were talking about transgenders and how to call them and what to call them. If they want to be called a boy or a girl, they should be allowed to be called whatever they want. And during the hearing, this guy Cross, he said, uh, I'm a teacher, but I serve God first. He's a real Christian guy. And I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it is against my religion. It's lying to a child. It's abuse to a child. And so he took it to court and he won and they reinstated him and they said he can say that if he wants sure why not i mean i don't know what the big deal is but school boards can be very militant at times well the government can be militant that's why we have to keep these people in line oh my god you know uh it's uh, that school board that those local elections that people don't go to anymore for some reason i don't know why they just they uh, they flock out for presidential elections but a local election they don't come out for and that's where your school board is being elected folks that's and what you got to get involved in and your local mayors and, and your mayors and your councilmen these are the people who are doing most of the taxing in your life believe it or not oh yeah and you know the other thing too ken is is that when you get into the retirement age community then you don't have kids in school i mean what do you care a lot of people just not going to vote because they're not interested uh, especially in school boards and county commissions and city councils because they're like, oh, I'm on Social Security and I've got my Medicare and, you know. Your property taxes are, <laughs> are, 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 are uh, you know, putting on, putting on you by those folks who are in those local offices. And that's the only time you can get, you can get the seniors to come out is when there's a property tax issue. Yeah, all the right. <laughs> they're there. <laughs> those are the people you got to keep an eye on. So, uh, so, uh, Sharon and Gary texted me during the break, and they said they're, they're patients and friends, and they said, we're not 110. I'm not 110, Sharon. This is Sharon. She said she's 39 and holding. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. She's still as beautiful as ever. Beautiful as the day I met her. Gary's getting a little ugly, though. <laughs> well, he's a guy, you know. Yeah, he's a guy. What do you want? <laughs> Get more rugged, more attractive, I think. Women like the attractive, rugged look. Absolutely. Uh, of course, the problem is we get older, we get the uh, we get kind of the dumpy look. So we have to. Uh... I've always had the dumpy look. That's <laughs> <laughs> been my problem my whole life. I want to go out with him. Look at dumpy. <laughs> well, did you hear about the uh, the kids are getting these inflammations of the heart from the uh, vaccine? Yeah, I have a little bit. Um, serious problem. Uh, what what are we looking at here? Well, when you have an inflammation of the heart, it can be serious. Uh, most of the ki- most of the myocarditis, which means an inflammation or infection of the heart muscle, are in younger uh, and teenagers and young adults from things like uh, infectious mononucleosis and cytomegalovirus and things like that. You can see it in autoimmune diseases like lupus and occasionally uh, rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis and different diseases like this. But uh, there were uh, an, a, a handful of kids that came down right after getting the vaccine with the inflammation of the heart and probably an autoimmune thing. It was because this really revs up your immune system and these kids may end up having uh, some autoimmune disease like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. The incidence of it, uh, I did my research, of course, and the incidence is really no higher than in the general population uh, but because it's coincidental with the vaccine, I think that there's that very, 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 very small risk that you're going to flare up some autoimmune problem in a few people. I still don't think that's a reason 
not to get the vaccine. I think the, you know, the the, the risk when you're talking about uh, a billion people have been vaccinated and, you know, maybe 15 or 20 have gotten myocarditis from this and have recovered. Uh, it doesn't seem to be significant to me, but that that's just my humble medical opinion. Uh, so get the vaccine. That's the bottom line. And if, if you're a kid, uh, your chances of dying from it if you're 16 to 25 are pretty slim. But we have had a few die. Mm-hmm. We have had a few yeah. die. So it, well, we, we had a 25-year-old died. I mean, just flat out, that was it. Now, maybe had some underlying problems that we didn't know about because, you know, when you're 25, you think you're invincible. and Sure, guys, and, kids die in a basketball court because they didn't know they had a heart problem. Because they didn't know they had a, a, a thickened heart or a rhythm disturbance uh, that they inherited. And these things happen. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to stop living? I don't think so. No. You got you to gotta roll the dice. I mean, this is, uh, all, this is all chance, guys. There, there's no guarantee that we're going to make it to tomorrow. But you also have to trust the science, I think, in some cases. Yeah. Uh, obviously, science makes mistakes. But it's gotten so much better over the past 50 to 100 years. I mean, since the uh, development of vaccines and vaccinations. Oh, crap. I can't believe somebody's calling me right now. Don't they know I'm doing a show? Well, they should call the show. Ken, I want you to get on this. I don't want any more of this nonsense. Uh, I'm going to shun all my calls to you so you can handle it. Please do. I'll screen them for you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so now they're texting me. Oh, of course. Well, maybe it's an emergency. Oh, it is. Somebody has a sore throat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Would this be my heart? My throat hurts. <laughs> yes, it's your heart. You're going to die. I'll call you later. <laughs> I'll call you later. <laughs> Take two aspirin and call me tomorrow. <laughs> so, can, can I ask you just quick? Do you think people sometimes jump too quickly as far as uh, when they're ill? You know, I mean, jumping. Yeah, it just seems to me that when, when we were younger, you, you would get that answer from a doctor once in a while. Give him two aspirin and call me tomorrow. He's not better. That was not an, an unusual thing to happen back in the 60s, I would think. Would you actually could call your doctor on the phone and get him on the phone right away, and he would say, you know, give him a couple aspirins, and we'll see, see how he looks tomorrow. Do we jump well, too quick? Do we run to an emergency room too fast is what I'm kind of getting to. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's because the doctors and the hospitals have uh, done a, a really good job of advertising. So we've got everybody scared to death that if they bump their head uh, on the coffee table that they better come to the ER and get a CT scan. But, you know, unless you're knocked out for a significant period of time, there's – Almost no chance you're going to have anything wrong, unless you're elderly. Now, if you're elderly and you know the blood vessels are friable, and uh, uh, if you have some kind of heart rhythm disturbance and you're on a blood thinner, you could have a bleed with just a minor injury. And one of the guys in the lunchroom said he won't go on roller coasters or any any really uh, bumpy rides anymore because he's afraid that um, he might have a little a little blood vessel in his brain break and have a bleed into his head, have a little stroke. So, Well, it's possible. I mean, you pull some pretty good G's on some of those roller oh, coasters. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to see what happens to Branson. When, you know, he's going up in the spaceship. I, I know. He's good luck. He's a guy. He's what? He's not, isn't he? He's what? I think so, he's yeah. Dark. So he's getting up there. So I, I don't know if that those G's are – of course, he's been doing this all his life flying crazy, doing crazy things. But, uh, 
we'll see. Maybe he'll have a bleed as he goes into the stratosphere, stratospheric bleed. Well, we'll have it all live on television, I imagine. It's all being streamed somewhere. And Elon Musk will uh, be up there in in one of his Teslas to to pick him up and drive him around. (laughs) In a convertible, I hope, yeah. (laughs) In a convertible and show him the earth from (laughs) from orbit. Would you go up, Doc? If they gave you a shot and said, you know, for um, $30,000, we'll take you up into space, would you spend it? Yeah. Absolutely, so would I course the wife would have a hissy fit well you see make sure your insurance is in good shape and well that she doesn't care about that it's a thirty thousand dollars oh. <laughs> you're not gonna spend thirty <laughs> you're not gonna go up there for thirty thousand and just die and leave me with that no way <laughs> <laughs> all right so myocarditis i don't think is that big of a deal don't worry about it and uh let's not get all in a in a huff over this and did you see this article? Uh, there's a wealthy Florida couple who are suing the Catholic school, the Academy of the Holy Name in Tampa. They apparently uh, pledged $1.35 million to their daughter's school, and I think they've given some, you know, one or 200000 So they say that the school is now teaching woke uh, philosophy or beliefs or whatever, and uh, that's not what they want for that school. Apparently, they're also in business and uh, making big money. I think they import jewels or something like that. You know, they're, they're, in that, they're in the jewelry business. And they say they've been betrayed by the school and suddenly embracing the new politically correct, divisive, and woke culture where gender identity, sexuality, and pregnancy termination, among other things, uh, not hot button issues took center stage, uh, and they don't like that. They don't like that. They want the school to teach traditional Catholic values. I kind of got the feeling that uh, that traditional Catholic values have morphed somewhat over the decades. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever watch uh, Everybody Loves Ray. Sure, once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when Ray goes back to go to confession for dishonoring his parents. Uh, <laughs> you know, the priest says, oh, we don't do that anymore. Just <laughs> sit down and talk. It's called reconciliation. <laughs> so uh, it's more like counseling than like confessing your sins. Uh, so, but I think that things well, that confessional change. was scary. When you're a kid, that confessional could be scary. So, Oh, I know. And I went in and said, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I've despaired in God, which we were taught was the worst sin. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're a kid. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I said, wait a minute, <laughs> did I figure something wrong here? Am I not listening? You know, I took everything so seriously. And then I'd get mad about it and go out and burn down a building. So. <laughs> um, you just go in there. I fought with my brother 14 times. Buildings. <laughs> so the, the couple, they're saying uh, the, the Scarpios or the Scarpos, Anthony and Barbara Scarpo, they say that their kids are being indoctrinated and their non-traditional, non-Catholic values that they're teaching. And it's costing them $22,450 a year to send one kid there. So uh, the school has a long history. It's one of the oldest Catholic uh, private schools uh, on the west coast of Florida. And, you know, some famous people have come out of there, both liberal and conservative activist, and uh, otherwise. You know, Kaylee McEnany? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, her? Sure. she she was the spokeswoman for the president, for Trump, for 
a while there at the White House. She graduated from this school, another Catholic member, Catholic side of the family. Didn't know that. Family fights. It's so much fun. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so now the, the school's pushing back. They counterattacked, and they said, no, we're not teaching woke ideals. We're, we're doing the same thing we're always doing. We're just letting people think for themselves, and we're trying to guide them in the righteous way of, of the Lord and the Catholic Catholic uh, beliefs, but uh, we think that the Scarpos are just doing this for advertising stunts. So we got a fight going on here, guys. Well, a, uh, ple- how, a pledge is not a legal document, is it? Well, they want the hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand that they've already given. They want. Oh, they that. want it back. Okay. They want it back. Yeah. So their pledge, of course, I'm sure you can withdraw that. I don't think there's anything. I don't think a donation is legally binding, is it? No, I don't think. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think that uh, you uh, you can change your mind at any time. So that's well, how well, politically I, you can. I know that. So why not? Oh, you can. You can change your mind politically. I. I, I mean, if you donate to a politician, can't you get that back? If you. Um, well, they they, they sometimes refuse them. That's what happens. That's what I'm thinking of. Sometimes the politicians will refuse them. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They refuse yeah. them. They don't want to be associated with Doctor Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it'll hurt my chances of re-election dr bill's too radical for me he talks about things like uh the flu <laughs> get, getting shots and everything yeah so we've got this uh this little internecine battle going on here within the catholic side of the family over in tampa and uh i guess it's reached to the national level because this i think was in the new york post I believe this article was from the New York Post. Uh, so they pick up on all these conservative uh, battles. And, you know, the Times picks up on all the liberal battles. So I was watching ABC, and their big news is that Biden offered to help uh, Haiti after their president was assassinated. I'm not sure what he would offer them. I guess, what, FBI investigation or whatever. They've already caught all the people and killed the other ones they didn't catch. So, Yeah, I'm and, not sure what he was offering there, but, you know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, what what do you offer a country when their leader has been assassinated? Do you offer to? Well, I guess we could send a provincial provincial provisional or provincial governor down for a couple of years. Well, you we could send military to restore order if that's a problem too. I guess. I think we did that before in Haiti years ago when I was a kid, but uh, I don't think that the, the that the world would like that. Now, now Reagan wouldn't have a problem doing that, mm-hmm. but I tell you that that Biden's not going to do that, not unless uh, the woke culture demands it. And now if, uh, what's her name, Octavio Cortez, Mm -hmm. if she wants it, then he might do it, but I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Did you see where uh, 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 Pelosi's husband uh, invested in, in a company that is being brought up on the House floor for consideration for antitrust laws? You would think that he would not want to invest in that. And people are saying, is is this right for the Speaker of the House's husband to invest in a company that is now under investigation by the House of Representatives? <laughs> but did you know that the price of the stocks actually goes up after there's antitrust laws brought into play? Did you know that? I, I did, did not know that, no. not know that. So, uh, and, you know, everybody's debating back and forth, was this uh, – was this uh, ethical or not? Well, I mean, not that what the Pelosi's do has anything to do with ethics, but 
<laughs> I mean, it's all about money and power. And, it is, especially the money part. Oh, my gosh. It is unbelievable. How can they be so blatant, Ken? How can they be so, uh, you know, in your face? And, and, and half the public doesn't get it, doesn't see it. Media lets them get away with it. The media, the left-wing media just lets you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, they just let it slide. Yeah. Tell them and they don't, they don't give you the whole story and they play, they downplay uh, the egregious behavior and uh, it's kind of hard to believe, but what do you do? I mean, this is, uh, maybe we need to resurrect the the, the Alien and Sedition Acts of the 1790s, which uh, actually ended up arresting some of the uh, newspaper editors who were pro-France, you know, the, the Federals passed the alien and sedition laws in an attempt to keep the uh, the Democratic Republicans and their push to get involved in, in the European war in the 1790s on the side of France because the French were trying to get democracy. Well, that didn't work out so well for another 50 years. It took them a little longer to get there. But at any rate, uh, so we passed these laws and these laws were pretty, pretty restrictive. And I think the Supreme Court undid them. And they also helped uh, Thomas Jefferson win the election in 1800 because people were so upset about these laws. They, they were putting uh, newspaper editors in jail for being pro-France and uh, you know, throwing uh, citizens in jail for petitioning to go to war for France, all these sorts of things. But uh, I don't think that that I mean, it, it might have been the right thing at the moment in the minds of the Federalists, but in the long haul, those those sorts of restrictions don't work. But the left's doing the same thing. You know, they're doing the same darn thing. Uh, they're by by silencing members of the conservative side of the family. But what can you do? I mean, the all we can do is go on radio and and TV and uh, our press and and uh, let our views be heard. Bring out the guillotine. Yeah, bring out the guillotine. The problem is, Ken, is a show like this, I'm just preaching to the choir for the most part. I don't know how many people that are that are liberal are going to even stop and listen to what I have to say. Do you think that anybody listens outside of the, the outside of the, the uh, usual churchgoers? Um, hard to tell. You, you can't judge your audience like that. You never know who's going to stop and tune in. That's true, and you never know. You might change a life. You might not. Yeah, you could have somebody listening who absolutely agrees with every word you say, but they're sitting with somebody across the table. Doesn't. Now you may have a chance to convert them. Well, the other thing I think is uh, if if you listen to uh, some well-informed, well-educated people talking on issues, then when you go to the, to the water cooler or you're out with the girls uh, for your Red Hat luncheon, uh, you've you've got a little bit more ammo when you're talking to your liberal friends to say, well, wait a minute, this, that's not right. Here's what really happened. Um, and then maybe they'll go look it up, although I doubt it, but at least not my sisters. You know, they want to kill me. Uh, that's okay. If they can catch me, they can. <laughs> Good luck with that. That's all I have to say. You and your sisters, I tell you, you guys got to get together and work this out. Oh, I bet you, oh, listen, I'm sure that there's my baby sister. She's probably preaching to my grandniece and nephew that the woke culture is the only right way to go and to kill all white people. And um, by the way, Kaylee is pretty, pretty white, even though she's got a lot of Irish blood in her. She she still looks white. Are they Irish? They're white, aren't they? All right. So we got one minute to go for the show. About one minute here. Yep. 
It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I've I think we covered a lot of topics today, Ken. We did everything from French Revolution to get another shot. <laughs> it may seem fighting within the Catholic uh, community, within the Catholic side of it. We'll have to pick on the Jewish side next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're about 30 seconds, Doc. You want to sell anything? Anything you want to say? I'll say I love you guys, and thank you for listening to Dr. Bill. and being with today. I should say. I'm Dr. Bill. We'll play a little music and get on out of here. Very good. Thanks, Doc. Talk to you next week.